Well, in case it hasn't been made clear yet, uh, today is groundbreaking Sunday, a big Sunday in the life of our church, a milestone Sunday, a day we want to remember, a day to celebrate, a day that marks a new direction and, and a new season for us as a church and, uh, and what we are doing, a significant day. And as Joe mentioned, we're going to be ending here inside here a little earlier, and we'll be dismissing out, and I'll instruct you how to do that because we want to gather outside on the new ground and really pray over that ground and really be a part of that groundbreaking together. So I'll tell you a little bit more about that uh, before we uh, dismiss here. But the question is, what exactly are we building? What exactly is it that we are going to be constructing now as we break ground? And I want to take a couple moments to share that with you because as this project has unfolded over the years, it has looked a little different and it's been dialed in. and, And as we've made some financial adjustments, it's taken shape. And so just so that we're all clear on what it is that we are building, breaking ground for today, uh, we've included an insert inside your worship folder, and so you may want to look at that. You've probably already taken a look through that. Uh, And to explain that a little better, some of you may struggle a little more with uh, floor plans and those kinds of things. I want to talk about uh, what it is that we are building. So we're going to throw up a few uh, images here up on the screen that we can talk through this amazing facility that we are going to be building. And so we're going to be starting, this is phase two of our Multiply campaign. And so phase one, you're sitting in phase one. And this was always the vision to expand west on our property over to the other side. And so with this expansion, we're going to be uh, adding over 14,000 square feet, nearly 15,000 square feet of new ministry space that's on the west side of our building. And we'll look at that in a second. But it also includes two sub-phases that can happen after that, that will remodel almost uh, 5,000 square feet of existing space. So it affects nearly 20,000 square feet of space for our church, a huge, uh, a great project. And so with that, it's a 3.5, 3.4, 3.5 million dollar expansion. So let's look at phase one. Phase one, we're going to be going out on the ground, and this is where we're going to be um, expanding to. So just for orientation's sake, this right here is our current lobby and the offices in the corner, and we're going to be expanding through the wall there to the west. And what we're going to be building in this section here is a preschool area with classes and an elementary area here. So this is our our uh, Mountain Kids area, and in this space, we're actually building the full-blown deal for children's ministry, which means we have uh, nine, ten classroom spaces in there. There's a stage here and uh, a worship area. There's also a little gathering space in the preschool area. Um, These classrooms here are rolling up garage doors so we can create a large worship space, and then as the students go into their classrooms, we can put those glass doors down and have um, sound-proofed areas where they can gather in their classes, and we are adding a capacity to have 200 students per worship service, 200 kids per worship service. So that gives us a lot of room to still grow and really creates the opportunity for us to accommodate currently all the kids that we have and a lot of extra space. Then over here to this side is our student life area, and this area too has a stage, a gathering space, even some outdoor patio area, and and down here it's a little bit cut off, but there's also a family entrance, and that student area alone will be able to accommodate 160 students uh, during during their gathering times with worship, and there's even a few offices in there. There's a large classroom that we have here, some new uh, restroom facilities uh, on this side, and then even an expansion off the front of our lobby, a glass seating area, a cove where you can kind of gather and sit because this will become a little bit more of a walk-through area. So you see all these new changes really focusing in on our students 
and on our children especially. And so a great opportunity to grow and expand that. And again, that is about a $2.95 million project, that first phase. Once this area is, uh, is open, we can move our students and uh, children and students into this area, and we can begin to remodel what's behind these walls that we're sitting in now. So let's look at phase two. And in, as part of this piece too, let me just say we have committed to building this with no additional debt. And so it is vitally important. Every dollar that is given will make the difference of whether or not we can continue on with these next phases B and C. And our hope and desire is to plan to be able to do this entire project, $3.5, uh, $3.4 million to, to do that. And so phase 2B will take out, this is the lobby now, just the back part of the lobby. And this is where the current offices are. That will be taken out. It will open up a beautiful lobby, make it a large space for banquets and gatherings and that beautiful view of our mountains. A uh, new cafe area will be here, a central um, information desk, an area for visitors and guests to, to get information. And then the offices will move right behind these walls here on the north side of our building where the current student life uh, rooms are and some children's rooms allowing us to have additional eight offices, uh, eight staff and offices there. So a great opportunity to move into that. Then phase C, here's where we are currently sitting. I'm standing right there. (laughs) And uh, so this is back here on that wall. And what we will do there is, one, we will widen the entrance into here. It gives the opportunity to add over 100 seats in this back section, increasing our capacity by about 25% in this next phase. And then in this back area, some really great spaces, a room right off the exit for us to have a care room, a first-time visitor place uh, where we can gather with individuals. And then next to that, a conference room, a space that we currently do not have in this church for meetings and gatherings and staff uh, classes. And then two areas here, it looks like one, it can be, uh, these are living room spaces, small group spaces, places for some groups to meet. So a lot of information for you to take in quickly. Uh, You have it here with you so that you can take that and take a little closer look. We've also um, revised the model out in the lobby to reflect uh, this phasing, and so you'll get a little bit better look at that. I encourage you to take a look at these things. So what's so exciting about this expansion in this next phase is that it bolsters all of our ministries across the board. Children, youth, our gathering spaces, our staff, our seating capacity, our worship areas, our gathering spaces, and even parking, it adds another 100 parking lot spaces. And so all around, it just really enables us to do so much more and accommodate for what we can do. And so really an exciting day-to-day to mark the beginning of that construction phase for us. And so that really today marks the beginning of this groundbreaking. And I want to talk for a few minutes about the importance of building a solid foundation. We just sang that song, Cornerstone. What is that solid foundation? Now, before any building can go up, the most important thing is that the foundation must go down. Ironic, isn't it? Before a great building can go up, the foundation must go down. In our world and in our society, we're often so focused on everything that is above the surface, everything that you can see. But today, I want to focus our attention on the importance of giving our best attention to what is below the surface. Let's pray, and then we'll look at God's word and what he has to say to us. Heavenly Father, so excited about this day and what it means for us in the future of this church. And today, as we talk about the importance of foundations, a strong foundation, God, would you stir in us and just help us to capture 
the vision of what you are calling us to do. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, we live in a world of shifting sand, shifting shadows. What is true, what is right, seems to change before our very eyes. The very things that we once thought were foundational, now they're telling kids that Pluto is not just a planet. Actually, it's not a planet. It's a character in Disney only, right? Did you know that? It's no longer a planet. And fads that were in are now out and back and forth. And, I mean, just look at tattoos and flannel shirts and beards. All of a sudden, you know, they're all the rage. What about high back jeans? Ever, you know, the high-waisted jeans? Any of you ever had those back in the late 80s, you know? Anyone? And then they were, like, totally out. It was, like, low rise. And now they're coming back. They give great back support, by the way. What is true? What is right? How do you know? Now, take nutrition, for example. Bread. Bread has been a foundation block for life, hasn't it? Take a look at these lovely breads. I mean, if you see these, I just go, oh, that is so good. I think about the Middle Eastern breads. I think about Italian and German and French breads and and just how delicious they are. Actually, bread was so foundational that even in the Bible, Jesus said, I am the bread of life. I'm the bread of life. And then he takes communion and he says, bread is going to be so foundational that you're going to understand who I am and go, bread, this is, this is so foundational to us. And then over the last couple of years, this is what we see all around. And churches are serving, you know, paleo diet communion and gluten-free communion. And it's like, wait a second. I thought bread was really good. I, 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 this, this is a building block of life and of our nutrition, our meals and the grains. And so everybody abandons bread, and all of a sudden now it's evil. And then a couple weeks ago, I wake up and, and, and turn to the TV, and I see this awkward confession on TV. This is the joy for me. I love bread. I love bread. I now just manage it. So I don't deny myself bread. I have bread every day. I have bread every day. So what is it? I don't know. I'm confused. If Oprah thinks bread is okay, maybe it is okay again. But we just don't know. But what are the foundations? And we're talking more than just trends and fads and styles. But what are the real foundations of life, the things that we can build our lives on, that we know are true yesterday, today, true tomorrow? And in this world, it seems those are harder and harder to find. What can we build our lives on that won't get yanked out from under us? Well, Jesus answers that question by telling a short story in Luke chapter 6. Before we get there to Luke chapter 6, the context in Luke chapter 6 is Jesus preaching a message. And basically, he's teaching, and he's talking about life and, and how, what it means to live in purity and what it means to love your neighbor, what it means not to judge. And actually, in another passage in, in Matthew where he also sh shares this story, He's teaching the Sermon on the Mount about all kinds of ways that we ought to live our lives and, and what it really means to follow Jesus. And then it's almost like he comes at the end of this message and he says, let me just make this point. Uh, let me summarize it for you by telling you this little story, giving you this little illustration. And so he takes something that's very practical and physical that we understand and he makes a, a spiritual application. And he tells this story. Let's look at Luke chapter 6, verses 46 to 49. So why do you keep calling me Lord, Lord, when you don't do what I say? I will show you what it's like when someone comes to me, listens to my teaching, and then follows it. 
It's like a person building a house who digs deep and lays the foundation on solid rock. When the floodwaters rise and break against that house, it stands firm because it is well built. But anyone who hears and doesn't obey is like a person who builds a house without a foundation. When the floods sweep down against that house, it will collapse into a heap of ruins. So Jesus begins by saying this, look, we've, we've just talked about this whole message. We talk about what it means to build our lives on something. And, and he asked this question, so why do you keep calling me Lord, Lord, when you don't do what I say? What he's saying is really there's this incongruence in our lives. We want to live our lives on a solid foundation and what's true and what's firm, but yet we're being tossed about, we're being shaken about, we're being stirred. What do we build our lives on? He says, and it's like people saying, Lord, Lord but then you don't do what I say. And what he's saying is really this is a problem of of incongruence in our lives. Either I'm your Lord, your leader, and you obey and do what I say. Or you say, Lord, Lord, but don't obey me. Well, then really, you're the Lord. You're the one that's gonna be shifting and drifting with whatever whim is out there. And he's saying, so what is it? What's it gonna be? Where is your obedience? And he says, really, following Christ is a matter of obedience, and obedience in the right foundations, obedience to his teaching, builds the right foundations. What you say matters a whole lot less than what you actually do. Jesus confirms this, what you say matters a whole lot less than what you actually do, and it's true of that in faith. We come in here and we sing, Christ alone, cornerstone, (laughs) and then we leave here and he's not the cornerstone of our lives. And we wonder why we're being tossed and turned and don't have a stable foundation. So Jesus tries to help us understand, this is how important it is to have the right foundation. So he talks about these two examples, and the only difference is in the foundation, right? So here's what he says in verse 47. I will show you what it's like, three things, when someone comes to me, listens to my teaching, and follows it. And and what's that like? It's like a person building a house. I know some of you have built houses. And if you've ever built a house, you know you find a lot and you just see this lot and it's a barren lot and you begin to look at plans and images and you imagine building a house. And Jesus says it's like that with our lives. We build a house and we envision what that could be for our future. And so you think, okay, if this is what you want your future to be, if this is how you want to be, well, if this is the house you want, what kind of foundation do you need to build? If we want to build a church, if we want to build an expansion on our property and we envision what happens there, getting the foundation right is very critical. Our architect and our builders are here with us this morning. They can tell you much more about that than I can, but I know it is vitally important. But then he says this, it's like a person building a house who digs deep. Those words have just captured me in this last week here, especially as I've been continuing to think about this. And as I think about groundbreaking, digging deep. You guys ever dug in the dirt out here in, uh, in Arizona? It is hard to dig deep. I mean, it's just hard to dig shallow here. And uh, a couple of weeks ago, two weeks ago, I was um, replanting some bushes, and I was digging up, uh, replanting a tree and a bush, and man, it just took forever. I mean, just driving that, that shovel into the ground and, and digging up and re- hitting boulders and rock. But we know even when planting, if you don't dig deep and create a place and a space for those roots to go in, it will not last. It will not stand. And here's the thing, digging deep is hard work. 
before we can ever build that foundation, we've got to break the tough soil. And this groundbreaking is a reminder of this hard soil. That until we break that soil, until we break the surface and actually dig deep, nothing will ever be able to go up that can stand the test of time. And, and Jesus in other places uses this example of tough soil that in our own lives, spiritually, that when we break open our hearts, that hard exterior, that shell, those things that block others out and that block God out, when we find that breaking and that softness, it's when we can begin to allow God to build that foundation. We've got to dig deep. And that applies to us in so many different ways. Are we willing to do the hard work to allow God to open that up in our lives? And then he says to lay the foundation on solid rock. Now today when we dig uh, foundations, we don't all use shovels, and you'll see the backhoe that's out there, and the equipment helps us do that. And then when we pour a foundation, it's actually poured. It's like liquid cement, right? And then it hardens up. But back in the day when Jesus was teaching this, he talked about a solid foundation on rock. I've traveled to the Middle East, and there's a place in uh, Lebanon called Baalbek. And there is a stone foundation that's, that's unearthed that I think was never able to actually be moved. It is a two million pound cut rock. Two million pounds. There's no crane in the, in the world that can move this stone. And these were the foundations right near there in that area that temples were built up that still stand today in, in many ways on those foundations. And Jesus said that is the kind of foundation that you need to build. And when you build on that kind of foundation, you'll be able to stand the the test of time and the storms that come. So he said either you're going to be that and do that in your life and have that kind of foundation or scenario number two. He creates a very easy image here in verse 49. But anyone who hears and doesn't obey is like a person who builds a house without a foundation. When the floods sweep down against that house, it will collapse into a heap of ruins. Why don't we just go out there and get some cardboard boxes and create some rooms for the kids to play in? That'd be great, right? It would save us a lot of money. (laughs) One monsoon, one storm comes through, and it's over. And in our lives, when we build on on stuff that shifts, on, on ground that doesn't last, on a foundation other than Jesus Christ, you will not have the anchor to stand. And so Jesus gives us these two scenarios, a solid foundation or no foundation at all. A foundation built on Jesus Christ and obedience to his word or doing your own thing and following the whims of this world. That's the difference. But you know what's the same in both scenarios? The storms will come. The storms will come, right? The floodwaters rise and they will beat against that house, and the floodwaters come against us. If you've lived long enough, you know that the storms come. I was just captured by the story that that we saw on the news, maybe you saw it or on social media, that the assistant coach, uh, one of the assistant coaches of the Oklahoma City Thunder, his wife, 44 years old, tragically killed in the car wreck, leaving him with his five daughters. I'd say that's a storm. It's a raging storm. And they showed a clip of him at the funeral sharing his story, sharing his testimony. And he says, you know, in our house, we have a sign that says, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And he says, what good does it do us if I can't offer grace and forgiveness? If we can't offer compassion for the other family that was affected as well on this head-on collision, we ought to be praying for them as well. And you could just see that in a time where life can be completely rattled, and don't get me wrong, his life and that family is rattled. But at the same time, there's a foundation that they are building on. The storms of life come. 
And I know that's why you are here. I know that's why we come and gather as a community because we need to find that place, that anchor and that foundation. And I know the storms are present right now in your life because you share it with me personally. You share it with our staff. You write it in prayer requests that you pin to the crosses. You put it on the back of your envelopes and you share that with us and we know that there's cancer and there's relationship challenges and there's marriages that are being threatened. Some of you are praying for your children. There's addictions that are being battled. There's loneliness and depression. There's anger and joblessness and hurt and pain and abuse. We need a solid foundation. And Jesus is telling us, look, I'm not reprimanding you. I'm just simply inviting you to be a part of something and to build a foundation that cannot be moved, that will not be shaken. What are you building on? Which one will you be like? Jesus says, I'll show you what it's like when someone comes to me, listens to my teaching, and then follows it. I mean, this is why as a church we exist. This is why we're here to come to gather, come to me, to gather together as a community, to turn our hearts and minds towards Christ because we know he is the foundation, and then to be obedient to that word, to let that flow out in love and to multiply our impact beyond these walls to make a difference, and this church is making a difference. For years and years, we've been making a difference, and we continue to see what God is doing in the lives of people. Because here in this place, we share a message of grace. We share a message of freedom. We share a message of love and of hope and of forgiveness in Jesus Christ. And it's not just enough to say, Lord, Lord, I believe you and worship you, but to say, God, I want to build my life on that foundation. So why do we build? And why are we building as we look at this next chapter and we look at this foundation that we're going to lay today, breaking that ground? Because we know it's important that we are here to build that foundation in the lives of this generation and of the next generation. As I think about my kids, as I think about your kids and the kids of this community, it's funny, I just caught a glimpse of them. They're all starting to walk out to the groundbreaking site with their little yellow hard hats on there. That's, uh, that's cute. They're getting ready to build. They're excited about what's to come. And we are here to lay that solid foundation for the children, for the youth, when the classes are being taught, when we gather in that lobby, when we add more seating to create more space, when we meet around that conference table, when we sit in those living rooms and, and build and create community. It's about laying a solid foundation. And what I need today and what we need as a church are people who are more than willing to say, Lord, Lord, but putting that into practice, who are going to be foundation builders, who live their life on the foundation of Jesus Christ so that we can be a bedrock in this community, that we can be a place that says the foundation of Jesus Christ is strong here, and we want to share that with others. Come, we can weather the storms of life together. Will you be a foundation builder? Will you lay your life on the foundation of Jesus Christ? It's going to take all of us to dream this dream for building this house. It's going to take all of us to dig deep. Dig deep spiritually, dig deep personally, and dig deep financially. This doesn't happen just because we wish it to. It's only happening because so many of you have already invested and said, we want to see this become a reality for this generation and future generations. And it's going to take all of us to do that. If you've not engaged in this, this Multiply campaign yet, it's not too late. 
Every dollar matters. Your contributions matter. Your pledges that you've given, follow through on those. And together we will dig deep and we will lay a foundation that cannot be shaken. We're gonna dismiss here in just a moment to go out to that site, but let's pray. And I just ask you to reflect in your own life what God is doing. Heavenly Father, if anyone here today is just feeling shaken about and, and tossed about with life, pressed by the storms on every side, God, may they find refuge in you today. May they find strength in you. May they find hope in this community. God, if they've gone through difficult times or have just had disaster or done things they regret, mistakes they've made, God, today, may they find peace and forgiveness and grace in you and in this body of people that love to love people. Father, today, this monumental day of building foundations, God, more than building a building, first may we look at our lives and look to see if our foundation is built on you. And Father, together as a church, may we keep you cornerstone, Christ, center on everything that we do. You are our foundation. And Father, today as we celebrate the beginning of a building that will go up, may we never forget that it first must go down into that foundation and that you are that foundation. And God, that you are calling us to be the pillars and the foundation for this community here, your church in this area. We love you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.